Welcome back to the Commission Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm here with Richard Perkins for another episode. Adam, good afternoon. Good to see you. Good afternoon, indeed. So in this episode, we went out to Slavic Christian Fellowship and chatted with Sergey and Hannah Chernoff uh, near London City Airport. Yeah, so they're in West Silvertown, um, which is on the Docklands Light Railway, and they're um, so just under the under the flight path. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, under the flight path of uh, London City Airport. They're here trying to to launch a church plant amongst the Slavic people, uh, Russian-speaking people who are here in London, uh, and they're trying to do so from scratch with a with a ministry that is gospel-driven, looking to not just gather people who are already Christians, but primarily and predominantly to reach people from that people group who are are not familiar with the gospel. Uh, which is, so just it's wonderful. Hmm. Fantastic conversation with them. I have to say, a real power couple. We'll need to qualify that, yeah. but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. You can tell they both have a solid heart for ministry. Yep. They're in this together. Um, Hannah will get into that a bit more with, with her contributing financially to it. You can tell their hearts are both for the Lord and for Russian-speaking people in London. Um, yeah. And we hope you enjoy the episode and we'll chat with you afterwards. So I'm here in East London recording in the kitchen with Sergey and Hannah. Hi, guys. Nice to see you. Tell us, tell us about your Christian experience back home in Ukraine. Uh, we'll get on to you know, life and ministry over here. But yeah, tell us more about how you became a Christian and how you got into ministry. It's very interesting because my nationality is Russian, because my root from Russia. And, but I grew up in Ukraine and I feel as a Ukrainian. I accept Jesus when I was uh, 16. My, my grandmother was a very strong Christian. Uh, she ex- accepted Jesus in 1974, and she used to be a counselor for many years uh, in our capital, in Kiev. And uh, but in my family, we didn't uh, didn't know anything about Jesus, and we thought about it's 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 very strange for us. But when my cousin accepted Jesus one years before, one year before, and uh, I. I met him and uh, and he shared with me gospel, uh, and I really realized about it's true. It's not like idea, and it's it's real. Hmm. Yes, and I uh, pray to God about to be my personal savior. How did your parents respond to you becoming a Christian and going to church? Did they join you, or did they accept that this was something that their sixteen-year-old son was doing? My parents uh, was divorced. When I was eight years old, and I grew up in a single parent family, yes. And uh, when I started thinking about Jesus, about uh, faith, my my mother was really, really nervous about that. She started watching me, and uh, and in several months, she uh, she accepted Jesus uh, too. Fabulous. Yes, and we. And uh, we know about uh, Bill Graham, Bill Graham uh, event in Kiev in 1995, and we decided to visit me, my mother, and my brother. And my brother accepted Jesus as well. That's and wonderful. We, yeah, and we uh, we were b- baptized uh, uh, for whole family uh, in six months. That's wonderful. Uh, yes. And after that, my mother's uh, close friend accepted Jesus, and uh, my aunt came to Christ and yeah. That's what we want to hear. That's fantastic. Look, we'll come back to your journey into ministry in a moment. But Hannah, tell us, how did you come to faith? 
I grew up in a, a yes, a very different childhood from Sergei's. I grew up in a Christian family. I uh, was the fourth child in the family of five with five children. So at the age of 13, I fell in love with the boy, with the popular guy at, uh, at school, and uh, he broke up with me. And it just, it was such a traumatic experience for me. So it took a few years for me to get over the trauma. But because I knew about God, and I think this is something that Christian kids in Christian families have as an advantage. The only thing I knew was to, yes, to pray and seek comfort and solution in in God and in prayer. So it really helped me to make my faith personal. Yeah, so this is how I accepted Jesus and just decided to follow him. And as a result, I decided to go to a Christian university. So it was Western Ukraine and the Christian university where I went to was in the capital. So this is where I, when I moved, left my home and then moved to, to the capital. And this is where I met Sergei. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, because how did you two meet? I, was it at the university or was it so, church? Or? So I had no plan to get married. Uh, I was uh, 17. And uh, so I saw Sergei preaching at one of the services in uh, a Christian university. And the thought, well, I believe it was Holy Spirit. The thought was like, he's going to be a husband. Like, no, I have like, it can't be uh, the case. I, I have no plans to get married. I want to study, finish my studies and go to America. That was my plan. Grand plan. <laughs> yeah, but Matt Sergei fell in love with him. Yes, and so we've been uh, together for 19 years, yes, and then 18 years of marriage. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So Sergei, tell us, how did you get into ministry in Ukraine, sort of full-time paid gospel ministry? When I became a member of church. I started to, to be involved in different projects for young people. It's like Bible study, study group and Christian events. And uh, in few years, I decided to go to seminary. And my friend invited me to be administrator in Bible Institute. In one year, my friend, he became president of Kiev Christian University. And he invited me to be a part of his team and I became a vice president in 2003, and where, where I met Anna, <laughs> my wife. <Hi. laughs> yeah. This period from 2001 uh, to 2009, I was involved in um, Christian education, but I was in church as well, and I preached. But my whole of my life, uh, whole of my uh, work was in university. And so from 2009 onwards, what was your involvement in ministry there? Uh, in 2008, uh, when we uh, has been married, uh, in 2005, uh, we started about our family, about uh, what next, uh, when, where we were living. And, and I started thinking about how I can uh, care about my family. And I understand as a full-time minister, I can't have enough finance for develop my my family and so it wouldn't be a full-time paid job in ukraine you know you'd, you'd have to have two vocations you'd have to work work a job and work as a pastor y yes and i decided to start our own family business in 2008 and uh, hannah she was the key key person in our business because she's an english teacher and in 2009 i became a director of our uh, organization, tutoring organization, 
But we, in 2010, we joined uh, my friend's church. It's New Plant Church. And uh, my friend uh, suggested to me to be a, uh, one of the pastors. Or, but I, underst- I understood I can't because I, uh, I was a director of organization, work with people, and, uh, and I can't do more than, than I can. Yeah. And, uh, I can continue. So seven years after we got married, uh, we decided, so I have always had the desire to adopt a child. And it is a bit different in, uh, in Ukraine because we have orphanages, which is something that doesn't exist here in the UK, but orphanages where children are kept like, yes, like a boarding school, but without parents. Yes. And uh, uh, so, uh, yes, seven years after we got married, we prayed and we had an opportunity to adopt our first uh, son, Mikita, and uh, very, very few months after we adopted him. It was really difficult for us because the, 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 the experience of adopting a child and having someone join your family and uh, just someone who, who is very different from you. And so I think uh, I, I heard the phrase that our kids bring out the worst in us. So when we adopted him, I just realized that my Christianity, my comfort Christianity did not work for me. Like I, I just realized that I needed God's supernatural power to be able to be a good mom for, for this boy because he was quite behind in his development and also lots of issues, trauma that he had been through. And, uh, and also my me being very immature mom because we just yeah we had him within a month after we uh, uh, applied for adoption so like very very quickly it took very so all the doors just opened up for us and uh, so it was the blessing but in disguise you know like at first it was really really difficult because we just uh, yeah we and me personally yeah I just understood that I needed God God's strength to live each day Give us a flavour, Hannah, of your involvement in ministry after meeting Sergey and getting involved in church. Give us a flavour of the kind of things you'd have been involved in. So I had been, before we came here, I had been in, uh, yes, in ministries for, for women, for girls, for newly married women. And after we adopted our son, we also were praying and thinking whether God wanted us to have, to have like a foster home where we would adopt other children and serve them. But it was not the way for us. Yeah, we just, we had a clear understanding that it was, it was not something God wanted. But we also had both of us. It was interesting because we did not communicate a lot about that. But both of us had this journey of just increasing thirst for something more. Like we wanted something more in ministry. Yes, attending church, home groups, Sunday services was great. Mm. But something was missing. So we both started praying. We read a series of really, really good books about ministry, and uh, we started praying for mission. So we knew that we, God was calling us to go on mission. Mm. Our idea was just Asia, you know, some, somewhere with lots of snakes. These stories that we read about missionaries, you know, being somewhere that is very different from their home countries. So, yeah, this is what we thought. Both were praying. So it took us a year even maybe more of re- real, yes, intensive prayer when we, yes, when the opportunity for Sergei to go to the UK came up. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that because clearly you're busy in Ukraine, you're running a business, an education business, 
you're involved in church, you've adopted. And by that stage, also, you had two other children as well. Why come to London? Yeah, being involved in business and uh, a little in church because uh, we are really busy. And so when we pray to God about, we really would like to back to ministry, full-time ministry. And one day, in uh, it, it was in 2018, and I received a letter from uh, one organization where we had a partnership with them. And they, they invited us to... British British uh, Council had an uh, educational fair, and I won uh, a good opportunity to visit UK for free for short t- uh, time uh, English course. Yes, and I thought about wow, it's it's very interesting because uh, United Kingdom it was not uh, very special for me because me and and Hannah we studied in Austria for many years and we were in Europe many times and I thought about uh, United Kingdom as a Christian country and I didn't realize about wow what what happens and and when I visit United Kingdom I, I realized it's not a Christian country uh, it's it looks like Christian country but not uh, yeah and when I back to Ukraine one day I woke up and started to pray about missionaries mission groups but not for me not about my family because we had a business we are really busy but i started to pray about god please send uh, send people <laughs> and uh, yes and um, and my friend in several several months in 2016 contacted me about sergey uh, what do you think about to start a ministry in in the uk because i was really shocked about um, there are more than 500,000 uh, Russian speaking people uh, are living in, 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 in London and only 15 uh, Russian speaking churches. And I realized it is very good to be involved in this big work. And what I think what's interesting from our perspective is, in one sense, you, God was working with you, answering your prayers, putting the concerns of mission and England and perhaps even London on your heart. At the same time, we were having independent conversations with people about trying to start ethnically specific churches in London and being open to the possibility of trying to reach all of London's people. And here is this Slavic-speaking people, Russian-speaking people, and we, you came recommended to us through someone else. So it was as though God was working kind of both ends. So Hannah, let me come to you, because that's not a small thing. You've got a young family at the stage that you came over, three children, all primary school or preschool, moving from an established job, moving over here to a new country. Um, just talk us through that, what was going through your head. Why did you want to do that? So at first, as I mentioned before, that we were praying. So I knew that God was calling us into ministry, full-time ministry as a family. And so I was expected, I was expecting the worst, like Asia with snakes, you know, like, and then when we ended up in London, it was quite a good, you know, place. And uh, because I, uh, I taught English, I thought, well, it could be an opportunity for me to, to use my talent. Yes. And uh, so when I came here, we were quite excited about the change. And I think the experience of not having anything to rely on. You know, you are more likely to rely on God and the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So I, it was a nice, it was a really, really difficult transition, really difficult period 
of our life, quite challenging, but it was also a great blessing in terms of just our personal growth of faith. You know, like we, we knew that we are in God's hands. He knows what he's doing. He knows why, why he's brought us here. So he would make a way. Mm. Because we left our business in Ukraine, I, uh, I knew that I, ha- I had to work here and uh, to be able to provide for the family and financially. And uh, again, it was a miracle. I just, uh, I met uh, my manager in the church, in one of the churches, because the first thing we did after we moved into this area is we just, we decided that we would walk around the uh, churches and just get to know people and, uh, and get to know the area. And uh, so one of the Sundays, I remember I was just on my way to church. I was just praying, God, please give me something. Yeah, you know what? I was ready to work at Tesco, honestly. I was ready if God wanted me to, sure. yes, to do that job. And so I was praying, please, God, you know that I really want to, to, to be doing something that makes impact on people's lives. And so I met uh, at Sunday school, I met uh, my manager and she, uh, she was at that time, she was a head of ESOL, English to Speakers of Other Languages, yeah. in a local college here, Newham College. And the great thing about this job so is that I am able to provide, uh, to earn and uh, contribute into our ministry. So it's been a blessing and uh, a miracle for me, for someone who is not a native uh, person here, yes, to be able to work as an English teacher and also to be able to work with the people who have recently come has been a, a blessing. Many of them are Ukrainians, Russian-speaking people, to many of the students. So it is, apart from being financially helpful, my job has been also instrumental in our ministry. Yeah, that's really helpful. Sergey, let's come then to the ministry. You came over here as a family, maybe had one or two connections, but there's no church. The idea was for you to try to, to start a church from scratch, pioneering. Talk us through what that's been like, what God has enabled you to accomplish in those years until kind of, I guess, about a year ago with the, with the war. Yes, uh, first of all, we did research and we knowing about there are many people uh, who speak Russian language live here in our area. And we thought about to start in uh, Stratford, but uh, our agency, state agency, uh, suggested to, to us only two, two flats for living. And, we, uh, and we, when we moved to this area, when we started to think about what what next? And we praying, and we found church near us. That's an English church. Yes, in, yes, it's yeah. community church. Here in kind yeah. of, we yeah. sort of we're just below city airport, really, aren't we? In terms of the area of London that we're in. Yeah, and we knowing about there are a few Russian speaking families live around us, and we started to meet people on the street and uh, share our testimony. And in a few months, we started uh, Bible reading in our flat. We started our ministry in March 2018, and we, we have uh, first Bible reading in summer. In March 2019, we decided to move to a local community hall because in our flat was there are 14 adults. 
and a few kids. And it wasn't uh, a big flat, was it? That's quite. No, no. <laughs> there's not a lot of room there. Uh, Fifty square meters, yeah. <laughs> two bedroom flat. Yes, and uh, when we started our Sunday worship, regular Sunday worship, it, in one year we had around twenty-five people, twenty-five adults, and COVID started, and unfortunately we we moved to Zoom meeting. After COVID period, when we resume our Sunday worship, we we had seven people in the hall. Uh, because some families move to other cities and... I, I remember coming to visit you before COVID and there were a number of things that impressed me about you guys, but particularly I think how deliberate you were, how intentional you were at trying to reach Russian-speaking people. And I remember you showing me your prayer list. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I can remember any of the names, but you were really clear about the people that you'd met, whether you'd had them round for a meal and shown them hospitality, whether you'd had an opportunity to explain the gospel to them, whether you'd given them an opportunity to come to a Bible study for people who want to investigate, whether they join the congregation. I just thought that it, it's brilliant. It's just an intentional love for people and the necessity to have to do that to try to get a church up and running. That was humbling for me. I thought there was, you weren't wasting an opportunity. You recognized the responsibility God had given you here. And in one sense, that's why you got, I think, humanly speaking, to the place you got to in 25 people. It looks, this looks viable. This is, this is the start of a congregation pre COVID. Yeah. And uh, one of our methods, and uh, it's doing um, events, special events for, for people to reach new people, new contacts. Another method is friendship. Friendship is very, very good uh, strategic plan how to develop our ministry. Friendship is a long-term investment. Mm. It's, yeah. And uh, some ministries are really uh, g- give up with friendship with people who don't want Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, project, it's uh, projects. Uh, we, we had a few projects uh, how we met new people. And uh, this project, it, it was um, after-school Russian-speaking club for kids. Mm. We had some celebration, post-Soviet Union celebration, New Year celebration. And in our community, we had uh, people from five countries, different countries. It was Moldova, Russia, Ukraine, uh, Lithuania, Latvia. And uh, people uh, speak Russian. Yeah, it's very good uh, field for developed ministry because we have the same language. It was our strength. But now, in this period, it's a little bit weakness. Let's just say a little bit more about that, because we're now just over a year into the invasion of Ukraine. How has that affected what you're trying to do on the ground here in London? So since we came here, we, were very, we have been very intentional in making it a Slavic church, mm. Russian-speaking church, rather than Ukrainian church, because it was the way to reach more, more people. So. Yeah. Very similarly, as Sergei has mentioned, that it is quite an international language for all these post-Soviet Union countries. And, uh, but since the invasion, it has been difficult to, yes, just to keep people together, especially people who have arrived here recently. On one hand, Russian people feel discriminated against or, yes, alienated. They try to stay away from the conflict and anything that has yeah. to do with, with, the, with the invasion. And Ukrainian uh, people who have arrived here 
from Ukraine as the result of invasion or those that whose relatives are you know are involved in the war itself take it really really personally which is understandable so it's it's been really really difficult to have unity in the church you know despite all the many talks Sergei has had so in terms of evangelism it's been the toughest thing so we have been able to keep the people that we already had before the invasion but uh, reaching out new people especially russian people so just for example our neighbors next door neighbors are russian speaking people once they heard us speaking ukrainian they just uh, they are staying away from us you know mm. so we are waiting for warm weather to be able to to get to know them to have a chat yeah. but they the, the first response is the first reaction is just to to keep distance because they do not know where we are and even though people are here in london you, you can't ignore what's going on mm-hmm. back home. What's it been like for you guys? You've got family back home in Ukraine. So uh, since the, the invasion, Sergei has been involved in, um, yes, in helping people leave the country, especially war zones. So, uh, yeah, we have, yeah he, he has been involved in collecting money and uh, just evacuating people, helping, uh, yes, with financially to evacuate people. Also, some of the Christian families have come here because Sergei just put them in, in contact with the, the sponsors. Yeah. You know, whenever I feel discouraged, when I see Ukrainian flag next to British flag, I just, I, I feel that there is a reason why we are here at this period of time. And with all the horrible things taking place, I still feel that God has brought us for the reason. Even if things do not go to our plan, you know, to our schedule, yeah. I still think that there is, um, I believe, we believe that there is still God's plan behind everything that has been taking place. So, Sergey, what, what's the plan at the moment for you, you guys? You're, you're faced with this, let's be honest, hugely frustrating situation on the ground, trying to grow a church in which actually the language which was meant to unite is actually becoming a language that is dividing people and you're trying to work out how do we how do we grow a church we've, we've got some wonderful news to share about the lord jesus but it's it's difficult so what what are your plans going forward yeah uh we continue praying about this situation because in, in this situation in uh, unexpected for us to be honest yeah. yes and i understand we have some things that we can change but we have some things that we can't change yeah and uh, what we can change in this situation we have in our church plant half of our church from ukraine originally from ukraine and uh, another another part of our church from different country for from russian-speaking area and i understand if i will not engage uh, ukrainians and they leave us and but but these uh some families are really important for uh for develop our ministry and and i understand in another hand i understand uh and i saw the statistic and in november 2022 more than 150,000 ukrainians uh moved to to the uk during one year mm-hmm. It's a huge number yeah. of people. And I understand it's a great opportunity to start doing something for these people here. Yeah. 
and maybe for start Bible group for Ukrainians and maybe in the future to start a new church for Ukrainians. And uh, one month ago, I ha- I has been involved in one organization near us, 30 minutes minutes walk, who work with uh, Ukrainian refugees, and they have different different project. And um, and I ask some families from our church if they willing to join me and work with these people is they will happy and they answer yes and we have group of people right now it's volunteers there are 10 people ukrainians in our group and we are planning to have a big event for ukrainians in east ham uh it's like uh, easter celebration for ukrainians yeah. and uh, we'll uh, we'll invite many people ukrainians across london and uh, we're praying about that and share gospel with them and uh, about God loves you Jesus came for you and uh, and and then we will see yeah. what next and it's very uh, interesting because our russian speaking people i are still with us and they would like to to be with us and we shared with them about if they would like to continue be with us and uh, they really happy yeah and next uh, our Uh, step uh, how we will develop Russian speaking uh, uh, ministry here and I would like to start a short term course, personal evangelism course for Russian speaking people and I will try to equip our people who who with us for many years and how we they will share gospel with their friends uh, and yeah and Now we we will we try to develop Ukrainian ministry and Russian speaking ministry as well. Sure. And we'll see. Yeah, we must pray for that. That that'll yeah, be a fantastic yeah, fantastic you. thing thank for, for people to do. Um uh having heard that, that's fantastic. Hannah, can I come back to you? Because there's another side, I guess, isn't there? There's lots there's lots that's tough at the moment. You you would not have chosen stuff to have gone the way that it's gone. No one could have predicted um you know, either COVID or, or the invasion. But in the midst of that, tell me from your perspective, what have been some of the joys and the delights of gospel ministry here in London? So uh, it may sound strange, but I, I see the result of invasion has brought some positive influence because many Christian families have moved uh, outside Ukraine and Ukraine had the uh, lots of churches there were many churches really really strong christians and now they are all over the world you know and uh, so i am excited because i know that god is doing something we have been scattered you know around the the globe and uh, i believe that with that we'll see hopefully revival you know of uh, of the countries where we are yeah yeah Wonderful. so that is something that is exciting And also, I think uh, trusting God in the midst of uncertainty is also very, yes, one of the powerful tools God uses to bring us to the state of humility and powerlessness. You know, like we, we know that God is doing something. He has brought us here. We saw, we have seen so many miracles along the way, and we should be trusting that everything is happening on, on his schedule. And uh, so just being open to his will. Mm. So, so tell us about maybe one or two people who have made it all worthwhile, people who are nowhere spiritually, who've, who've come to faith in Christ. Have you got 
stories of people for whom that is true. Yes. So one uh, one story, and she also keeps telling us that uh, it was not in vain. You know that uh, she, she was the person we met on the street uh, uh, one month after she came to the UK, and uh, uh, so she was someone who started reading Bible with us, attendant meetings, uh, Sunday Sunday worship meetings, and then. So she was our first uh, person to baptize, for Sergei to baptize. And uh, so she has been with us all this time. And uh, so she's Ukrainian. And she is involved in Sunday school, also worship ministry. And uh, so she has been a great encouragement. But also, so they are, their family is planning to move to another town in the UK. So it is, uh, yes, one of the first fruits you know, of our ministry, but also, yes, we know that we can't, yeah, we can't keep, keep people forever. Yes, they will. Yeah. Move. So hopefully wherever she goes, wherever God wants her, she, he will use her there. That's yes. hard and mm-hmm. wonderful. Isn't it? I mean, it's hard in mm-hmm. that you see someone who's been brought to faith, mm-hmm. discipled by you yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're going. And yeah, it, yeah. Oh, but at the same time, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. You've, sent out, you've yes. sent out your first missionary. Yes, yes. yes. It's great. It's true. You're, you're already growing the kingdom. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes. It, it, yeah. it is hard, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also another, another lady. So she was also one of the first uh, people we met. So she was in really difficult stage of her marriage. Mm. So the husband was quite, well, the very, very complicated relationship. And the, so, uh, yeah, so she started uh, reading Bible, praying, and then uh, she had a dream. And she said, I was quite skeptical when I heard her dream, but she said, you know what, Hannah, I had a dream, and in that dream, I saw Jesus. And I, oh, okay, what is it? Where is it coming from? And she said, but then I told Jesus, Jesus, I came to you because of Sergei, because of Sergei and Hannah. And when she shared that with us, like, it is not, and again, now she is not part of our church. She attends another church, but still having been able to be used by God in someone's life, I, I think uh, is something that, yes, uh, uh, keeps us uh, uh, inspired to press on no matter what. That's fantastic. Hannah, tell us, how can, how can we be praying for you in particular, praying for you, for the Sergei? and for the family, and for the work of the Slavic Christian Fellowship? So it would be, uh, we really need God's uh, guidance, um, how to move from this p- point onward. Uh, whether we are developing Ukrainian ministry alongside our Slavic church, or whether we, are try- whether we should be trying to bring people in, yeah, which has not been very successful so far, and again, we are in, in need of mature Christian leaders who would be able to build this bridge between the two nations, uh, hostile nations at the moment, yes? So yes, this, this is God's, yeah, for us to be able to know what God's will is and just the strength to carry that out. Sergey, would you add to that? Yes, our uh, big event for Ukrainians, it will be in uh, 29th of uh, April. Please pray about new people, about mm. team and people who 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 has who have been involved in this project. Yeah, this is the one in East Ham. The yes, East, the yes, big, the, the big Easter event. Yeah, yeah we yeah, must yeah. pray for that. Yeah, 
uh, and another one. Please pray about Slavic Christian Fellowship, Russian-speaking people, because I would like to develop this ministry as well, because yeah. we have Russian-speaking people around us, many, sure. many people, and wisdom from God to equip our people, and they willing to go and making disciples. It's, it's very important. Third one, it's about place for gathering for us. It's very important uh, thing because we need to find a new place for gathering. Well, I mean, the pair of you, yeah, ministering to people and serving them through a tricky period. This is, this is demanding, but it's brilliant. And I want to honour you guys for what you're doing. I, I, can't, I can't think of a church planting situation that I've been aware of, particularly in London, that has come anywhere close in terms of the difficulty and complexity of having to navigate the issues that are before you. So I want to, you know, honor you for that and, you know, in one sense, applaud you and say, look, it's great stuff. Keep going. Press on. We'll pray for you. We love what you're doing. We love you guys. And we'd love to see the Lord flourish um, a brilliant gospel ministry. So well done. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, in one sense, in in your, your introduction, you, I think you identified one evident strand that stands out for those of us that that know them and have heard them uh, which is i think you call that you call them a power couple power couple power couple i i, I would um i would not use that language because i'm not american <laughs> uh, i would say i think what you've got is you've just got an evident ministry partnership those mm. guys are all in they're all in together and it it's um I mean, once it's no less than lots of ministry couples, is it? And but but there's a kind of they're over here. They're surviving because of Hannah's job. They're they're all in. There is a what they're here for is front and center. Mm. Um, we're trying to grow a church. We're trying to reach the Slavic people while we're here, uh, and they are they are committed to it. Yeah, uh, wonderful. I think I see that as well. There's a real intentionality around what they do. Sort of immediately upon getting into the area getting out to the other local churches, meeting with people in the community, seeing what the vibe is all about, uh, how many Russian speakers are in this neighborhood, mm. um, and, and, and working through those, those logistics early on. Yeah. Can, and I, it, can I say, as an Englishman, it's pretty humbling for me to hear Hannah say she, she realized that the 500,000 people um, from Russian-speaking countries who are over here had little chance of hearing the gospel from London's churches. Yeah. Uh, because Sergei talked about the dawning realization for him that England is not a Christian country. Yeah, that's wild, and that's quite humbling for someone like me to mm. to hear that. And my, you know, and he's right. And the odds are, if you're Russian and you come to the UK and you move into the city of London, what are the chances of you hearing the gospel? You're probably not going to hear it from a lot of our churches. No. So wonderful that these guys have come over mm. and they're doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, may the Lord get behind them. Mm. And keeping on that theme of intentionality, he mentioned uh, the notebook uh, of mm. of connecting with people and the intentionality behind building community. Yeah, it was one of my first visits, and it was just it was just a sheet of paper on the side, and uh, I said, "What? Well, what's that? What's that?" And it was it was a sheet of paper with some names down the left hand side, and some things across the top. And of course, it wasn't written in English, so I couldn't make head or tail of it. But it was uh, Hannah just explained that. It's the people they'd met in the park or walking along or as a result of being at a meal with someone else and 
and, and, and the, their, their connections. And just being clear, have, you know, have we had them round for supper? Have we invited them to supper? Have they been for supper? Have they heard the gospel from us? Have we invited them to our investiga- mm. investigative Bible study? Have they joined us at church? And just that sort of wonderfully gracious, compassionate determination not to waste the opportunities the Lord has provided for them. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's essential to building community. Um, I think getting out there, meeting people in the neighborhood, and this kind of harkens back a bit to the Sam Gibbs story a bit in the sense of when I was there with him, mm. he walked down the street and just waved at everybody, everybody knew who he was. Like yeah. be, being part of that community and not just, you know, being a face. Yeah, it, I agree with that. I think there's a difference though, isn't there, that um, what Sam's doing is growing neighborhood church. Yeah, yeah. What Hannah and Sergey are trying to do is grow network church. So in other words, that's a good distinction. They can't go into their, they can't go into their their network. In other words, their network isn't a geographical space. Whereas no. for Sam, it's the Vauxhall Gardens estate, yep. and he can just walk around and he knows, and he knows the people that live there. For these guys, it, they have to go all over the city to meet the the various Russian speaking people. Yeah, that Sergey are out there. said five hundred thousand in London alone. Yeah, extraordinary. That's wild. I think yeah, I think and as well, I think they're disproportionately located in the east. Mm. Um, so. In God's providence, they landed, they went in, they thought initially they'd live in Stratford, but they've sort of, they've been pushed further down into the city. Um, and I mean, they would say there's, they, actually they, the Lord has put them in a place where there, there are lots of people like them around. For mm-hmm. some reason, that's where a lot of the Russian speaking people have, have moved, um, which they've discovered as a result of being there. Yeah, lovely. Moving on to the situation uh, of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, They've kind of stepped into two difficult situations, one through COVID, which was which was difficult for most churches. Uh, but then, you know, shortly afterwards, Russia decides to invade Ukraine, and and now be, being part of a Slavic Christian fellowship, having Russians and Ukrainians at the same church, the complexities that bring into ministry, and you have a large number, one hundred fifty thousand refugees from Ukraine coming to the UK in this past year thinking about that from a gospel perspective she made a statement of ukraine is very a very christian nation and if a number of these people are, are believers coming here and being part of the evangelism of our city it's interesting isn't it you know again just acutely aware of how i think the christian world revolves around me and what we're doing here and, you know, obviously I know in the first place in the book of Acts, gospel goes out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And now I think the gospel goes out from London. And it's yeah. just wonderful to hear her say, in God's providence, he is, in his sovereignty, he is overseeing the, the sort of the, the dispersal of Ukrainian Christians from Ukraine. And what they're doing is taking the gospel to other parts of the world. And I was just thinking, yeah, that's wonderful. Beautiful. Um, it, traumatic, for sure, but... Through that tragedy, God is using that yeah. to spread his gospel further. Yeah. And what's wonderful is I would never have thought of that. I'd have never thought, do you know what? I didn't either. One of the ways to get the gospel out is, um, why don't we send Ukrainians to different parts of the world because they, they need to run away because they're refugees? I just didn't think that. I, I sort of think in my, with my strategic head on, let's train people in, in, in England and then we'll send them out with mission agencies. <laughs> Um, so it's, that's a, gr- a great reminder to me that the Lord is King 
and he he will make sure. And we are once here in London. We're one small part of his big plan. Yeah, I mean, sadly, we're a fairly small part, aren't we? Um, but yeah, that was good for me to hear. Actually, give my give my heart, my soul, my mm. humility. Oh yeah, I th- I think the third thing that comes through is their evident dependence upon the Lord. Uh, they are prayerful, and they, I mean, they talk about it incidentally, and and. And it was interesting listening to their recording again. So I had, I had the, you know, I listened to it live, obviously, as we did it, and then listened to it subsequently. And it's just, it's just dropped in and they, they just pray. They're dependent on the Lord. They express that by praying. And they've seen the Lord answer their prayers in terms of financial provision, mm. in terms of bringing, making contact with people. The first person who was converted came about as a result of their, their prayer, their walking, their realizing, Lord, we need you to open the doors. Um, and I think that's a real lesson uh, for us. So in amongst all the, the intentionality uh, and having a grid with people that they've met is not opposed to, they don't, they're not doing that instead of praying. Praying is kind of, well, it's just, you know, of course we pray. We're Christians. We trust the Lord. We need him to do this thing. Mm. Um, and I've, I've said before, I think church planting is a little bit like trying to push a boulder up a hill. You know, you, you know at some point, you know, it's going to be easier. And then, there might be a bit of, but in those early days, it is so difficult. These guys, their boulder is bigger than everybody else. Their hill is steeper than everyone else. And they've got fewer people to push it up. So it's, it is hard. And they know we need the Lord to back this because otherwise we're going nowhere. The outbox for this, the obvious outbox is pray. There's a number of things they've asked us to pray for. Uh, pray for wisdom and knowing how to, um, yeah. to pursue follow-up Ukrainian people. Wisdom about growing the Slavic work. But particularly, if you're listening to this before at the 29th of April, 2023, do pray for that event uh, in East London, uh, where, the, where people are being invited to gather to pray for Ukraine. Pray for Sergei as he speaks and follows up uh, having conversations with people about contributing the work of the gospel here in London. Be great. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone.